Good morning, campers. What a beautiful day to be outside. Except, please don't, kids. Until we get this bee situation under control, all activities have been moved inside the Cabrini cabin on the far side of the lake, where the green team will host the following activities. Let's see here, uh, there's hook hand crochet, portrait painting with honey, survival class, and uh, oh, god damn it! Helen! Helen, did you leave the door open? The bees! Helen! The bees! Hi, welcome to Bunk 237, the made-up camp we live in where all we do is wear shorts and sit in the dark and talk about horror movies. I'm Tuyet. And I'm Robin, and joining us today is Troy Walker. He's a stand-up comedian who's appeared on The Late Late Show and the Just for Laughs Festival. Uh, Troy, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Troy. Um, So this week we watched Candyman, a romantic story of interracial (laughs) love and acceptance. Sure, sure, sure. sure. (laughs) No, it's about a a grad student who accidentally conjures up Candyman, a supernatural serial killer, and is then terrorized by him. Released way back in 1992, the film was written and directed by Bernard Rose, based on a short story by Clive Barker, and with an excellent score by the inimitable Philip Glass who apparently hated the movie afterwards. I think his opinion softened, like Philip Glass's opinion softened, um, I think in later years after it got really popular, but I think at the time he thought it was a real low-budget slasher. Um, Did you guys see it when you guys were younger? Uh, No. No? I did not see it when I was younger. The first time that I watched it was actually, like, this February. It was one of the very early pandemic quarantine movies that I decided to watch just because I... I think I heard that uh, by then about the the Jordan Peele produced, you know, reboot, and I was curious about the original. So that's why I watched it the first time. Troy, when did you see it? Did you see it? This is the first time I've ever seen it. This is the first time you've ever seen it. First time I've ever seen it. I love horror movies, but this is this is one that I missed. I think because I was a child when it came out. It's yeah, uh, very. It was a definitely very early nineties. Yeah. So it is July 2020 right now. Mm-hmm. How is Candyman hitting us? How is it hitting now? <laughs> I'm so fascinated because you guys saw this recently. I saw it when I was a kid. So like now coming oh, back did? to it. Yeah, I saw it when I when I was in high school. I was very cool. Um, so it was uh, so coming back to it now. Uh, I think already knowing the kind of general story and kind of what was happening, I sort of watched it from probably a much more critical eye as an adult. But it is sort of, I think, an interesting watch now because it is the worst year to be alive. (laughs) I just thought it was bad. Like, (laughs) you know, I wanted to like, I was like, because I didn't, like, honestly, I didn't even really know anything about it. So, like, like I was like, I mean, I guess, you know, there's a candy man and he's probably bad. <laughs> and then when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit, this is black dude. And I was like, oh, man, this is like the blackest horror movie <laughs> before us. Like, I can't think of one where, you know, because usually, especially like of those kind of classic ones, it was like, that's like where the joke always came from, right? It's like the black dude dies first. Like there's one black character and then you know for whatever reason he's gone to a cabin in the woods with a bunch of white people and then he (laughs) dies first (laughs) 
And so it was kind of cool to be like, oh, okay, this is like this whole other thing where almost all of the other characters are black except for like the main lady. And like, I thought the idea of like a haunted project is hilarious. That's like <laughs> such, it's such a cool, fun idea. But I also thought like Candyman's backstory is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, all those things are fair. And it is like, it was, I think Candyman is noted as like in sort of horror movie history as like the first time that the movie monster is a black man. Yeah, um, right. I think like blackness had been alluded to in different like monster forms, but every other sort of like supernatural killer was like was Jason and was Freddy and was Michael Myers, and right. I think that was a big deal when it came out. And I think because yeah. it dealt very directly with like with race and race issues, like it was now like the social commentary is like very thick. There's it's yeah. not subtly about race <laughs> right uh, yeah. and I think at the time it was big and I think for me as a kid I really um I think I I thought about this uh as a child why I liked horror movies so much and I think part of it I realized as an adult was because horror movies were a place where I could see like non-white characters in like mm-hmm. lead roles like growing up in the 90s I loved the like Candyman and the people under the stairs and um, and other movies where like women were, or even you know even in the Halloween movies when like Jamie Lee Curtis is like surviving all the way through and I realized as an adult I was like oh there must have been I feel like I think I must have seen something in that as a child that like mm. brought me back to horror movies I think yeah I think I watched it the first time because it the conversation around it had sort of come around again and and I didn't know what it was like Troy I think I was like oh Candyman probably some like (laughs) stupid slasher movie and then I heard like oh it's you know it's this sort of race focused um historic movie in a lot of ways and then I watched it and had a lot of complicated feelings about (laughs) it and was like is this really the movie that like people think revolutionized black characters in horror movies and then I watched it again <laughs> yesterday and was like no I think this movie is is the problem yeah <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah because the problem is that it is a stupid slasher movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. there yeah. are uh which like you kind of want to you like obviously like there should be stupid slasher movies with black characters that you know, like, right. I mean, I'm very, like, not like on PC, but like, I'm highly unlikely to like look at something and go, like, well, this is problematic. Like, I don't really look <laughs> at the, like, I'll look at it and be like, this is like silly and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I didn't feel like I wasn't looking at it going, like, any sort of things that I think maybe seemed like racially dated were sort of just funny to me, you know, like, I was like looking at it and being like, man, that graffiti's terrible. They should have researched <laughs> this better. And graffiti was, that doesn't look like real graffiti. And then like, but a lot of it was like production things hitting me different because you could really see how low budget it was even then. You know what I mean? Like there's like that one scene where Virginia Madsen's character and her like uh, partner on the project uh, are hanging out in her apartment and then she goes like, look at this view I have. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. just like a painted wall. <laughs> it's like clearly just 
just like buildings drawn onto like a wall. And they're like, wow, it's amazing. I was like, like, this is. (laughs) It definitely, I like that every, I thought every scene looked like a set. Every apartment oh, yeah. is like that is definitely a set. I also like one one of my horror movie pet peeves because I love the genre, but one of my pet peeves, one of the things that will always make me start to be like fuck this movie is when characters make silly ass decisions. And I was watching it going like, well, I fuck you know better than that. <laughs> what was what was the worst decision you think that was made like on Helen's part? Well, I mean, even, like, some of them are, like, small. Like, you know, like, when she wakes up in uh, the apartment covered in blood and the dog's head is severed, and there's, like, a cleaver laying she there. Grabs and the she grabs the cleaver. up. You know, go ahead and pick that up. <laughs> I had... And goes walking around the apartment. <laughs> yeah. like and then be like, oh, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, shit like that, you know? like Yeah, the one that, that really got me is when um, Candyman kills the doctor, and then she just decides to climb out the window. Like, she's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, where are you going, girl? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's like that, the plan? That kind of thing where you're just like, I mean, I would, I would like, the doctor gets killed, and then Candyman's like, I'm gonna undo your restraints. Like, if it was me, I would be like, I need to figure out how to get these restraints back. Also, also like, I would be like, how do I, this is my chance to prove it wasn't me. Right. (laughs) And I get that, like, they're doing that partly because she needs to escape, but also because it's how you make sense of it, right? Where you go, well, we'll have him undo her restraints. But it was like one of those things where I was like, I feel like, there would be security cameras where they could be like, oh, and they're... Right. <laughs> right? Like, am I wrong? Like, I would think that, like, in, like, the psych ward of a hospital like that, where a doctor is meeting with a patient who's been murdering people... <laughs> probably you, in a locked room. Yeah, you yeah. probably have, like, a camera. maybe they went back to it later my something for me that i could not stop thinking about was like how is Candyman taking care of this baby for a month like the baby is (laughs) i thought about that too (laughs) when he goes back to it it's been a month (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's just like this like apparition just like changing diapers and feeding this baby and does no one hear this crying baby in this empty apartment I have no idea. There was just like stuff like that where you're kind of like, what? And then some of the things were just things that were just like funny to me. <laughs> One of the things that um, got me every single time was the sheer amount of blood that they splattered everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was comical. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. bad looking blood. Which I think I really like uh, because I like that the movie is goofy and maybe it's like, Maybe it wasn't supposed to be goofy. I think I don't think when Bernard Rose, the director, was making this, he was trying to make like a fun comedy horror. Uh, but it is so fun because it's like kind of just bad enough to be oh, it's fun. You know, terrible. <laughs> I think that I think that <laughs> one of the reasons that um, I didn't I didn't love it so much was because I think it does so much more than it meant to. <laughs> it does, like, a lot of things that I don't think it was meaning to do. Like what? Like, 
Um, getting, I mean, this it's all kind of getting back to the race thing, but it's like just there's no clear like thesis to the movie itself. And I think Helen's character was um, painted as, as the sympathetic heroine. And I think she, in a lot of ways, is not that person and not that character. She's kind of this entitled, like, I'm going to walk up in these projects and people are going to give me all the information that I want kind of person. <laughs> and I was just like, you got to chill out. And like, you know. And she brought her like black friend to the projects with her. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, that's one of the things where I was watching it and I was like, man, that's like one of the most realistic things in this whole movie. <laughs> because yes. a lot of times... Like, I even had this, I was thinking about this. I I remember I had to go to uh, Kansas City for um, uh, this, like, trial for this comedy festival. It's like, nine years ago. And Elliot, who to yet knows, was rolling with me to this comedy festival. And Deacon, uh, who used to be uh, the uh, new talent coordinator at the Comedy Works back in Denver, had, was, like, telling us we had to get barbecue at this one place in Kansas City. And that it was... And he would, and I guess it was like in the hood, and uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> and and Wolsey was kind of like, eh, and it was sort of like, I don't want to go places where I don't know the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because for me, I gotta know the rules, and like, it was like, yeah, Elliot will just look like a gigantic police officer. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but like, I have to be aware of like. You know, like what? What are all of the different things? Like, I'm not just going to a hood yeah, that I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Helen really comes across as like a uh, thinks she's invincible, kind of like entitled Karen character. What I think is so right. funny about it and so accurate because they there's that scene where they walk into the into Caprini Green and and <laughs> her black. Uh, like co-writer or whatever, uh, I don't know, students, whatever. I don't even know what really their relationship is. It's like they're <laughs> friends, but also they're working on this thesis together. They're, but they're both grad students, I think, right, is the thing? Yeah, yeah. they're both grad, grad students, students, but they're like partnering together on this yes, thesis. Yes. And, but I thought it was it was funny that the, the black girl is like, uh, worried when, yes. <laughs> when she, like, there, she's like I don't we shouldn't be here I don't like this yeah and not because of Candyman but just because of like we could totally get robbed and then uh another girl's <laughs> like no it'll be fine <laughs> and I was like that's super accurate <laughs> yeah because uh, I also like that Helen was also like look they made this like housing project it's like such a problem but like we're going to dispel all these myths about these like myths about it. She's got a real like white savior thing <laughs> yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. A yeah really walking so fearlessly into <laughs> this terribly graffitied like hallway. Here's a story about that that I thought of when yeah. I watched this movie. When I was in high school, I uh, had a like um, a American literature ex teacher and she was like kind of young uh, and she had been from Chicago, and I forget how it came up, but I was talking about, and she was like, oh, Caprini Green, yeah, they had, like, the best food. I used to go and get some food there, and I was like, this white lady's out of her mind. 
And it was like the same. It was like that exact kind of life. Where she was just like, she was like, oh yeah, I used to go and get food. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I don't know it. I don't know if the movie like. Like, we all see that now, but I don't know if the movie itself meant to paint Helen that way. <laughs> like, she was really, like, I think they really tried to force the, like, she's the protagonist here thing, where I was like, she's kind of not. Yeah, yeah right? but I, I, I thought it was also interesting, because they are kind of giving her shit for it a little, because she is that whole thing, and then she, you know, she's like, oh, we'll be fine, and blah, blah, blah. And then they get robbed, and the dude like hits her in the face, and, yeah, she, and she's sitting up, and it was laughing so hard because they have this lineup, <laughs> this lineup of black guys going, uh, step forward, number two, I'm the Candy Man. Okay, go ahead and step back. <laughs> step forward, number three, I am the Candy Man. Okay, go ahead and step back. So we're gonna do the whole thing, and then she goes, it's number five, and then we just never hear anything else about it. <laughs> the kid is like oh the candy man will get me and then they give you a real life guy who calls himself the candy man so that you go well the kid's just afraid it so it's playing with that whole like is the urban legend a real thing then they put the guy in jail so then when the candy man keeps popping up when you actually because it's after that that the actual candy man shows up in a parking lot but i also thought that was interesting that like that he appeared in a parking garage <laughs> well he's just like he haunts a project yeah. and so then now he's just popping up all over the city like it's kind of like a little like what, did he take the train did he take the L? <laughs> it is interesting that like of all of the people he could terrorize he terrorizes like the people in the projects you know right, right. Uh, when he could be going to like nice white high rises or something he just shows up you say <laughs> his name in the mirror and then he's like oh, okay and then he gets on <laughs> and then he just like he leaves the projects and like is like waiting for her in a parking garage in Chicago somewhere <laughs> yeah well like, yeah there is like that weird thing of of her looking a lot like the woman that he was in love with and ending up on the mural and there is that sort of weird like he's obsessed with her in like a romantic kind of way <laughs> well yeah this which is funny too is like black dude is just like trying to get one of these white women <laughs> even <laughs> trying real hard <laughs> trying to get one trying real hard to get one of these just <laughs> like pretty funny <laughs> waiting around <laughs> for centuries for literally so centuries be my snow queen <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucking funny <laughs> it is but also like tony todd was like the best part of the movie he was like i thought he was great in it the old, i didn't like his jacket i thought that was maybe just an ugly jacket like i don't know why he's wearing this like fur like long yeah, coat. For is that coat? even well you know he's also wearing a hook yeah so it's kind of like he need to hide he seems the hook. like he's kind of he's kind of making it up as he goes <laughs> <laughs> and why was he called candy man because of, uh, of honey the honey yeah because wasn't it it was like why he would was they like, call him honey man <laughs> because that sounds like a different movie <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
like this movie wasn't scary. Like it, I didn't even as a kid. I don't know if I was necessarily scared of the movie as much as like the idea of it. Like because it's it's a fun game to play when you're a kid. Like that's what's scary is playing Candyman or playing Bloody Mary. Right. See, but that's that's one thing. I think Bloody Mary is a much scarier thing. Like I remember being at my daycare center, which like. <laughs> And, and I say it sounds weird, like to say daycare center because it sounds like we were really little, but it was actually just this like um, place you would go until you were in like fifth grade or something like that. And I remember, and they would, it was at this Methodist church in Denver, and they would, uh, so it was kind of like your sort of child community place. And I remember fun, like overnight things where you would st- and daring each other to say Bloody Mary in the mirror and the you know, uh, in the bathroom and that kind of shit. It was so prominent and so such a scary idea. And the Candyman thing is like nowhere near on the level. (laughs) Also, bees aren't scary. (laughs) I love bees. (laughs) There were so many bees. Bees are great. Who doesn't like bees? (laughs) Uh, Did you guys notice the scene when, like way at the beginning when they're really playing into all the urban legends and talking about like alligators in the sewers and then she like when she goes into Candyman's lair and she finds the like Halloween candy and yeah. there's a literal yeah. razor blade a in razor it. Blade. Yeah, which, is an old, which is kind of a cool thing because that's that was like such a like urban myth even in the movie it's kind of like sort of showing off how absurd that would be to actually get like it would be the first thing you would notice <laughs> in your candy. Yeah. Would be this gigantic fucking razor blade. <laughs> I was, I think, for at least a couple Halloweens, I was afraid, or I did sort of like check my candy before I. Oh, ate oh it. my parents checked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I totally remember that. Your, oh, par- yeah. your parents checking your candy. Yeah. Did you have, were there other urban legends that you guys remember when you were a kid? The one that I still think about almost every night is <laughs> <laughs> the one about the. Um, woman who thinks that her dog is licking her feet when she's in bed and then she finds her dog dead and she and <laughs> she realizes that it's like this man who's been licking her feet at night <laughs> wait why I do forget you, wait what? when you think about this at night in what because, because <laughs> when i'm sleeping i have to make sure that my feet are under the covers so they don't get licked by a scary urban legend man <laughs> Good one. I don't, I don't know that. how the actual I don't story that went. One actually. I'm like, I'm not I sure this is an urban legend. I honestly <laughs> have no idea where I heard it. It just haunts me every day of my life. I, think- I don't remember this at all. I don't anything about an urban legend about some freaky dude who likes toes. And like, I I don't remember it, but I think the line was like, he would whisper in her ear and be like, that's not your dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good though. I think maybe they were probably like... It was really terrifying. Honestly, as a woman, now that you tell me that, I'm like, wow, I'm probably going to start thinking about that now. I'm so sorry. Some creepy dude, like, crawling into my room, like, licking my feet. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it could happen. But also, it's like, Guys, you're not (laughs) helping me get up this right That just seems like such a weird pervert thing. Oh, yeah. The local post office guy, and he sneaks in and licks people's feet. What if it's just a weird ghost? Like, it sounds like a guy who, like, 
fixes like the machines at the bowling alley, and then it comes out like, and people are like, "Oh, that guy." It definitely feels like it could have been based on a true story. Classic one, the hook hand guy that like terrorizes like the couple, like the couple that's making out in a car. Oh yeah, remember that yeah, one? Yeah. They hear scratching on the on the car, and they get kind of spooked. Um, and the girl gets like especially spooked, and then she like insists that they leave. And then uh, after they leave and they get home, they like find like a hook on the uh, passenger um, door handle. And the you know the legend is that there was a hook man there the whole time. Which when I say that out loud, that seems like a the, that seems like the dumbest worst story. <laughs> like I don't know why why was I scared of that? When I hear it now, it makes me think like oh that sounds like somebody needed help. you know i was thinking about i was trying to think of yeah things that i heard when i was younger that seemed scary um that weren't true and i think growing up in denver i thought about how like neighborhoods were like bad neighborhoods like east colfax or like five points like growing Mm -hmm. up was like that's so dangerous which i think is a lot of what uh i think how a lot of people thought of cabrini green in real life, which was like yeah. historically also actually crime ridden, low income housing, and a lot of like a, historically a lot of issues since. The, yeah, super dangerous. Super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they actually did film scenes at Cabrini Green. They could have just said like an unnamed projects, but I think I thought it was interesting to use a real like a real neighborhood and try to like bring some sort of authenticity to it. That was because it was it was so notoriously, like famously bad. It was like you know that's like saying Compton, but Chicago. Like it was like, you know that you get you 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 almost establish the world a little bit just by saying that because it it was so notorious at the time. Yeah, that makes do sense. You, do you think that's a cheat, <laughs> or do you think that's smart? Or it's smart. Or, yeah. I think it's smart. It's just like, yeah, it's it's like to build the world and also raise the stakes in the sense of like, you know, hey, we're in Chicago and, you know, they're going to this notorious housing project that like everyone knows. It's, you know, what I mean, like I kind of take it like it's part of the world building. I still think it's an interesting idea, the idea of a haunted project. And I also thought it was interesting that she's like, She's like, you know, my current building used to be a project. Like her, like, beautiful apartment. (laughs) (laughs) What I realized watching is, like, another big trope that came up that that I don't think we've addressed yet is that if there's an animal in the movie... That animal is dying. That animal's going to yeah. be very dead. <laughs> they show that entire decapitated <laughs> Rottweiler head. Yeah. <laughs> so much blood. So much blood. That's what, the first time that I saw that scene and Anne-Marie is like wildly screaming, I thought her the baby was dead too because I was like, there's no way all that blood is just the dog. Right. <laughs> It took me a while to realize that the baby was just missing. (laughs) People were saying that Jordan Peele's company is going to remake it, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Jordan Peele is producing, uh, and it's it's not quite, it's actually a continuation of the story. Uh, And it is directed by Nia DaCosta. And it, like, I've watched the trailer too many times at this point um but it is it is uh what 
what we know about it, based on the trailer, uh, it seems to be that the main character is the baby. Oh. The main, like, oh. There's an adult man I in the trailer. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick that up the first time, but I just, like, I did some internet research, and um, because the yeah, Anne-Marie, the, the really hysterical lady, yeah, she's in the trailer, and when you see the... Uh, I think some people did some internet sleuthing where if you look at the names of the characters that they've released, um, the main character is named Anthony McCoy, which would be the name of the baby, which I think is very interesting. So I think when you rewatch the trailer now and you go back and he's saying how he has like a connection to this place. That makes um, so much sense. Yeah, I think the movie that exists is bad. (laughs) I do think, but I think there there are some interesting, there are some really interesting ideas that if executed with a good script and current, like sort of sensibilities, I I think could be really really good. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. I'm excited for it to have a uh, point of view. Oh, <laughs> an, yeah. an, an actual <laughs> point of view that's successful. <laughs> and I think it will. <laughs> I would also recommend there's also the sequel. <laughs> and there's also Which the is third one. Intro- there's three Candyman oh, okay. movies. <laughs> Wait, two, yeah. Have you watched the, the second one? Yeah. Because Candyman dies yes. at the end of this one. At the first one. So what's yes. the deal about him coming back? <laughs> well, let's talk also about Candyman's yeah. death. Because that doesn't make any sense. He's, a, he's, he's right. an apparition, he's a, I guess. And somehow he, but he can got get, burned. But he can get yeah, burned. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I feel like there's so many. Doesn't Jason die from fire at one point or something like that? Like, there are so many things where. Michael Myers does. Yeah, Michael Myers, yeah. There's so many. Yeah. There are so many of those kind of things. And I think it's kind of this is interesting and works to me it was only hard for me in this movie because i because he can transport and because he's kind of a yeah. ghost. Right. and so i think that that for me was like and and it, it's not like they didn't burn him i i think in a lot of it's when ghost stories when there's like big fires and like ghost stories it's usually like the the place where they died right whereas like he died in this like bonfire which maybe is the site of his death and the fire was part of it that was, I mean, that was, I didn't really care that much because it was like, oh, that's fine. Well, yeah, and I didn't really necessarily take it so much at like, oh, he's dead, but more like he's been defeated. Right, here. right. Which is how they kind of bring him back in the right. sequels. Um, the second one, uh, Farewell to the Flesh, is uh, what a title. goes much, much deeper into his backstory. I like that story <laughs> just shaking his head. <laughs> The second one goes like real deep into uh, much deeper into his backstory, um, and you know how he was like a painter and kind of a, an aristocrat. I Wait, guess. what was he lynched for again? For falling in love with a white woman. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. So the story, yeah, the story of Candyman. <laughs> the whole, the whole premise well, of the movie. Know, like... It is. It is literally the driving force of the movie. Which is what I thought, and then I was like. I was like, maybe I'm remembering that. Because that was what I was saying earlier that I thought was so funny about it. It's like, he was like, well, I'm going to get this one. <laughs> well, I'm going to get that one. That's just so, that's so fucking funny to me. <laughs> Do you guys call this a morality tale or a revenge tale? 
it's like don't stereotype people <laughs> or or they will come and kill you maybe it's I don't think me. anything about this movie is <laughs> I that don't deep. yeah I don't think it I don't think it ultimately yeah, got there I don't there. think there's That's anything me. about that film that is that deep I almost feel weird calling it a film <laughs> That is a fucking movie if I ever saw one. Yeah. <laughs> and now this is a great time for Let's badges. Let's do it. Robin? I have a few. First one is the cleanup crew badge because all that blood, holy, holy hell. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> like, could you imagine shooting that scene and then, like, having to go back and do it again and, like, having to take continuity photos of, like, where every splatter of blood is? I don't is? think they really kept <laughs> Maybe not. <photos>. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, I have the James Earl Jones badge for Tony Todd's amazing booming voice. Uh, the Professor Karen badge goes to Helen for her just... <laughs> Just overall <laughs> shittiness. And then um, my last one is the bees, bees badge, because so many bees. I actually read a piece of trivia that Tony Todd negotiated a $1,000 bonus for every time he got stung by a bee on set, and he got stung 23 <laughs> times. Whoa. So he made $23,000 yeah. just from being stung by bees on set of Candyman. So, it, honestly, if that's all that comes out of this movie, like, that's pretty great. Uh, that, yeah. Good yeah. for him. As that's an good. actor, that makes me go, like, SAG really should have put that in the deal. <laughs> 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 because that would be tight. If there was, like, constantly, like, a thing where it's, like, are you working? This fucking dog bites you. Yeah. Twenty grand. Be, like, slapping <laughs> bees left and right. <laughs> I, I wanted to give the 6-5 award to Tony Todd. For literally just being <laughs> six five, he is so he's tall. very tall. And there had been there was like a story about how um, early on Eddie Murphy had been considered for the role of Candyman, but uh, ultimately did not get it because they thought he was too short, and so it went to Tony Todd, <laughs> who is six five and what a great. What the world has been like? That is such a different fucking. Movie. I feel like it's a whole different like thirty years if That's if like, Eddie Murphy plays. If Eddie Murphy's Candyman, I first of all, I probably would have seen it twenty times by now, <laughs> and it probably would have been. It would have been hilarious because I've seen Vampire in Brooklyn. That's all I can picture when I read that like that. Eddie Murphy had been considered. I can only and Vampire in Brooklyn is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, so I had one for Blackest Scene, which I still think is the lineup at the police station. Where they're all going, like, I'm the candy man. And then they, and then they step forward. <laughs> I'm the candy man. And then they step back. And then it's just like a lineup. And... Here's the fun thing about that. They're all wearing the same coat. <laughs> so, like, so you really think it's like, so they went out and they found all these different black dudes who are all wearing the exact same Candyman coat. Wait, or do you think the police went out and bought, bought five, five coats? <laughs> the police did not go out and buy the same outfit. Right? They didn't do that. 
they went, they just found this project <laughs> uniform jacket. <laughs> um, I had one for weirdest choice, which is when uh, Helen is in the casket. They didn't put a wig on her. They just put flowers yeah. on her burned scalp. <laughs> like what shithole fucking mortuary did she oh. go through? Where they were like, ah, we're all out of wigs. Uh, just uh, put run down to the run down to the grocery store and get some flowers, and they just put flowers on her burned scalp. I feel like they they cut to that shot a weird amount of times too. <laughs> It's just it's so, like we get it. It's just such a strange yeah. idea. Like, well, in the first place, I didn't see anything to make me think she was going to die from that. But what mortuary, <laughs> what mortuary does that? What, what shitty mortuary is just like... Maybe it was like an expensive wig or something and her awful husband was like, ah, forget about it. <laughs> just put some flowers on her. Come on. Come on. They would put a wig on her. Uh, and then my last one was best tits. <laughs> Virginia Madsen's a great winner. Pretty good. Is uh, the husband's yeah the husband's mistress? Yeah. When she runs out and she's yeah, like, yeah, and she's just like brawless in this like t-shirt, just nipples pointing. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's sitting there going like, no, I'm not hungry. And then she goes <laughs> out, just tits swinging under this under this t-shirt. And then just takes an uncovered plate of unspecified meat out of the fridge and just starts weirdly, like, weirdly cutting it and crying with, like, just boobs hanging out. Yeah. And it was just very strange. But and she wins. Yeah, the way she's swinging it around and she's, like, slapping the knife, like, this yes, knife on her on hand. The like, it's it. a baseball Yeah, it just is, like, this very strange yeah. kind of thing. But I was like, I was like, yeah. okay, she wins because... Virginia Madsen has like the thing she's in the bathtub, and that's great. But then, but yeah. it's you know, <laughs> just just I gotta say, whoever whoever the the mistress was with the yeah. no, with the no bra t shirt, that's such a like '90s horror movie. Yes, choice. I was gonna say I don't think it's a, a horror movie in the '90s without this like braless like super prominent <laughs> like just like. <laughs> Just like, Very prominent shit, this movie, like, just, this movie just got good. <laughs> and they got it in just under the wire, too. It was, like, she toward no the end. Really she, it was a good her. performance for that character. What? She was yeah. terrible. No, when she, I thought, I wrote down, because I love the moment when Virginia Madsen walks through the door and she turns around and sees her and like kind of falls weirdly off the ladder. I was like, that's a good. That, I did like that. Well, it was so, but she was so <laughs> bad because she's like, oh, I bet you want to grab that phone, don't you? And she's like, it's just like the most. It's so terrible. Uh, cool. We'll find Troy on Twitter, probably. Yeah, follow me <laughs> on, on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. I'm on the, uh, what are you doing? On the, Pinterest. I'm on you got a cool Twitter Pinterest board. Instagram. At uh, Troy Walker ESQ, <laughs> like Troy Walker S. So follow me, please. God. <laughs> I already follow you. No, I mean, to, to oh, people wait. who listen to the podcast. <laughs> I have, I give good Twitter. It's good Twitter. <laughs> Bunk 237, a horror movie podcast, stars Yet Wen and Robin Zlotnick as the final girls of Bunk 237. 
and Chris Charpentier as Camp Director Chris. The show is produced by me, Shane Segrin. Our theme song is written and performed by Dan Zlotnick, and our outro music is written and performed by Tillian Kali. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and it may be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a suggestion for a movie? Then follow us on Instagram at bunk237pod and Twitter at bunk237. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are downloaded.